0: You you ever walk past a dumpster and then like, yo, I wonder what's in that dumpster? Oh. I can put on these glasses. Let's start eating that trash can.
1: Yeah, there's <laughs> a <laughs> the garbage can.
0: Thanksgiving,
1: Happy Genocide Day. I mean, thanks for nothing.
0: Wow, wow. I mean, you're right out of the gates.
1: Yep. Not a big fan, but I'll be in the spirit. For Way to take a nice podcast.
0: Dump on the stuffing. Yep. Well, anyways. Well, I won't do that tomorrow. <laughs> Hope you enjoy your holiday and. Ram it down with all that food or whatever you do.
1: Oh, is that why you chose that? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, Good one.
1: Anyways, this is the True Crime Dumpster Podcast with hosts Amy.
0: And Kevin.
1: We are here on the eve of our Lord. (laughs) We're on the eve of Thanksgiving, as you call it. Um, You and your people. (laughs)
0: Whoa. Oh, yeah! <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: Um, and we're recording our Thanksgiving special. I mean, yeah. it's not that special. It's just a—it's just an episode.
0: <laughs> I think it's pretty special.
1: Well, it's episode number five. Yeah, we're wow. getting up there. Yep. Look at us. Yeah. Well, Kevin, uh, did you do your book report for today?
0: I uh, prepared a report for you guys.
1: Okay. Here, Kevin's. Kevin almost flunked out of high school, so this is pretty funny. (laughs) You're doing all your book reports now that you should have been doing in high school.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: this is Kevin's book report for Thanksgiving
0: (laughs) (laughs) full circle.
1: And now you're married to an English teacher who makes you do reports.
0: (laughs) We're gonna edit that part out. All right, well, way back in 1789, President George Washington...
1: Washington?
0: I fucking said Washington.
1: You said Washington. Oh, my God.
0: In 1789, (laughs) President George Washington declared November 26th to be officially recognized as a day of public Thanksgiving and prayer to be observed and acknowledged with grateful hearts and... Signal? (laughs) Yeah. Is that what this is? Grateful hearts, the many, and signal favors of Almighty God.
1: Oh. Why? Why is that? Why that day?
0: Well, he was President George Washington.
1: But, like, why November 26th?
0: You know, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I think it had something to do with harvest have being done for a bit, so there's probably food and stuff. Oh,
1: okay. All right.
0: By the way, that was a quote from George Washington.
1: <laughs> you know, the first president. The, the, the George
0: Washington.
1: <laughs> Washington.
0: Washington. <laughs> so some stories say the newly arrived peoples shared a meal with the natives where gifts were exchanged. And one of those gifts from the newly arrived peoples given to the natives were blankets supposedly infected with smallpox on purpose, some say that and that ended up wiping out huge numbers of what the native people. Nu-
1: what newly arrived people you mean on the the Nina, the pinta, and the Santa Maria?
0: Pilgrims, they used to say.
1: Okay, did I get that right? I think so. Okay. So, gifts of disease, yeah.
0: You know, that may be the first true crime in America. Yep. Well, well, yeah.
1: You white people. Post
0: Christopher Columbus, our true Lord and Savior.
1: (laughs) What's with this Lord and Savior thing we have? I know. I, I take it back.
0: Anyways, since then, people in America have celebrated Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday in November. Uh, family and friends get together to drink, usually watch football and eat obscene amounts of food, traditionally turkey and pumpkin pie, but not these guys.
1: Yeah. I know we're both covering pretty gnarly crimes today. I thought that someone would do something a little more lighthearted, but I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Not this podcast. Not today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go for it. Let's start the madness.
0: All right, well, you might have heard of him. Paul Michael Marriage grew up in South Florida. He was an honor student and varsity athlete at a prominent Miami prep school, later graduating from University of Miami. He was also a combative recluse who alienated himself from his relatives. He was said to be obsessive-compulsive and supposedly feared germs. He never held a job after college and relied on his parents to house him and take care of him financially.
1: Our guys have a lot in common. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, And while living under his parents' roof, he fantasized about killing his family and planned their deaths with great care. At 13, after an argument at his childhood home, Paul pulled a loaded gun and pointed it at his terrified family members. He never fired a shot, and it's unknown how he acquired the gun. He had a history of suicide attempts and also of threatening family members. He once shot himself in an attempted suicide uh, and also once tried to cut his sister's throat. Oh. But not sure how far he actually, you know, tried means, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So, does this still sound like your guy? No. This sounds like someone you'd want to invite over to Thanksgiving dinner, right? No problem.
1: Sort of awkward.
0: So, Thanksgiving 2009. um, There's a couple different accounts of how he acted during dinner. One was um, he sat at dinner... Quietly not talking, not eating. Um, And then other accounts say that he was acting normally, eating, conversing with everyone. They even uh, sat around the piano and sang Christmas carols. Um,
1: Why weren't they singing Thanksgiving carols?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sing me? uh, Yeah, I want to hear one.
1: (laughs) You'll hear one later from mine.
0: So... Paul kind of unexpectedly shows up at Jim and Muriel Sitton's home where they are hosting 17 people at a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, Paul had called his mom getting directions. He got lost. He was trying to get there, um, which kind of surprised her because he didn't really show up to family functions. No one had seen him for a while.
1: Hmm. Didn't she make a joke?
0: She did say uh, to her daughter... His sister, something about, like, I hope he doesn't come and kill all of us tonight.
1: In our sleep or something like that, yeah.
0: Um, and then the, the sister, his sister, said that she had the same thoughts, but they didn't want to say anything and said, uh, to, like, his father upset um. him. Um, so he shows up, and, yeah, it seems like all is well. He's, you know... Weird, but making jokes with people, having dinner, whatever, singing.
1: Thanksgiving carols.
0: Thanksgiving carols around a piano. Um, so one of the people singing was six-year-old Michaela, the daughter of Jim and Muriel. And uh, she gave the family a sneak preview of the dance she was going to perform the next night at a presentation of the Nutcracker.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, she was a cute girl. They put her to bed, and the adults are hanging out and stuff. And I guess out of nowhere, uh, Paul drew a gun on his uh, 33-year-old sister, Carla, shot and killed her. And then he shot Carla's twin sister, Lisa Knight, who was also pregnant. Hmm. Uh, he then shot his aunt. Aunt?
1: When have you ever said aunt? fancy know. now? Or Fonzie?
0: This is episode five. I might be Fonzie now. Yeah,
1: no, it's Aunt. Aunt.
0: Oh, Aunt. Okay. Well, he sh- he shoots his aunt. Okay. 76 year old Ramond Joseph. Uh, he also shot Patrick Knight, who uh, was bending down to check on his dying wife. Uh, Patrick was uh, wounded critically, but he did survive. Uh, Paul then shot 52-year-old Clifford uh, Jamara. uh And I think he just got grazed, so he survived as well. Uh, he then went to Michaela's bedroom where she was tucked in sleeping. Paul shot her once while she slept, walked out of the room, and then I guess went back into the room and shot her a couple more times to make sure she was dead. Uh, and then Paul was then said to, uh, have said to the remaining guests, I've been waiting to do this for 20 years, and then fled the scene. Hmm. Crazy. What and it's did- supposed to, like, happen, just, like, super fast.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to tell us more on, like, why it happened?
0: Um, no.
1: <laughs> Is there any, like, explanation?
0: All right, so, police arrive, but, you know, Paul's obviously nowhere to be found. Um, Like you're saying earlier in the night, Paul's mother did jokingly say, uh, I hope he doesn't come kill us all, you know. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't the first time uh, that they felt Paul was dangerous. A few years before, his sisters filed, one of his sisters filed a restraining order against him. Um, Plus, that time when he was 13 and he pulled a gun on his family, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they had reason to distrust him for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but they found out pretty quickly that uh, it was clear that Paul had planned the whole event. Uh court records show he spent $2,000 on uh, guns and ammo at gun stores in Broward County. Broward County in Florida is where a lot of weird things happen.
1: Florida in general, yeah.
0: Um. That's a different episode. To Florida. So he also withdrew $12,000 from his bank account, which never having a job and just living off your folks.
1: So it was their money.
0: How the hell do you have $12,000? Well,
1: it was theirs, I'm assuming.
0: So Paul eluded authorities for a month before police tracked him down at the Edgewater Lodge in Florida Keys.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, it's actually the owner of the motel that called police, uh, seeing Paul on, I think it was, America's Most Wanted. Paul had checked in under a fake name, John Baca. Uh, He also changed the license plate on his car, a a blue Toyota Camry, and he'd been keeping it covered when it was parked at the uh, motel parking lot. Uh, there was a nationwide manhunt going on as he made the FBI's most wanted list. And like I said, he was also featured on America's Most Wanted, where host John Walsh said Paul' marriage was a pure evil. And those were quotes. That's quote.
1: Okay, you don't have to. They can't see you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, police found Paul barricaded in his hotel room when they uh, stormed in to arrest him. Um, he apparently kept up on the news, keeping track you know, of what was going on with the search for him. So did
1: somebody call in after he was on America's Most Wanted?
0: Yeah, the guy that, um, the manager of the hotel that oh, he was staying in. Oh, good, at. good. Yeah. Um, so authorities busted in through the back door or whatever, uh, and he tried to flee, so they tased him. Uh, and then took him into custody.
1: Can I? Can I ask? Is he white? Uh, is he not black?
0: He's not black.
1: I feel like if this was a black dude, I'm just gonna say it. He would have been shot. There's no way he would have been tased. That's some white people privilege right there. Sorry, keep going.
0: <laughs> Thanks for that.
1: Well, I'm just always like surprised when I hear about. You know, like that, that the woman, the black woman that was like playing video games with like her nephew at night and like the the door was partially open because it was super hot and her next door neighbor like called and said, oh, my she was hearing like weird sounds next door because it was a video game and it was kind of late and she saw that the door was open. So she called the cops on just like a welfare check, like, hey, can you go check it out? And then they shot her in the head through the window when they could clearly see she was playing video games with her nephew. So all I'm saying is that this dude who just murdered seven people, they're coming up in on him and they tase him. I'm just saying it's a little different than like a person of color. Again, I don't know what he looks like entirely, but that's my piece.
0: Well, he looks like a big unhinged... Lunatic.
1: <laughs> well, then t- t- shoot him. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. Well, they don't shoot him. They just tase him. Okay. Cop style, Florida edition. And take him into custody. Uh, he goes to trial October 2011.
1: Did they take him out to like McDonald's like they did with Dylan Roof?
0: I don't think so.
1: Okay. He probably did. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry.
0: <starting sighs> <going. laughs> uh, and... Got a plea deal uh, trying to avoid the death penalty. Uh, Michaela's father...
1: What what was the deal? Uh, Pled guilty or something?
0: Yeah, he pled guilty.
1: So he didn't... There was no trial and Mm -hmm. he didn't get the death penalty. But he had to give details, I'm assuming?
0: I didn't see any of the details. Okay, that's okay. But he did get seven life terms in prison. Okay. So maybe that was the deal. Yeah. So... After the trial and all that stuff, the Sittons who hosted the dinner tried suing Paul's parents, saying uh, they had knowingly put everyone's life in danger when they invited Paul to the party. Jim said, if somebody brought a rattlesnake or a pit bull to your home without your permission and it started killing people, wouldn't you hold that person responsible?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Which is funny because we're hosting two pit bulls right now. Two and a half,
1: or yeah.
0: Well, the half.
1: Well, they're not going to kill anyone. They're not as unhinged as this psycho. Well,
0: I haven't commanded them to kill anyone yet, but the night is young.
1: No, that's not <laughs> true.
0: So uh, the suit was dismissed, but it's not over. Paul's parents countersued the Sittens, saying they knew Paul. <laughs> so they were saying that they knew. Paul is dangerous, and they should not have allowed him to come to the house.
1: Oh, my God. What a...
0: <laughs> so that was... This
1: is so horrible.
0: Yeah. It, it, it totally, like, destroyed these two families.
1: Because no one wants to be left, like, hold. You know what? You gave them life. You gave him life. I'm sorry. It's your fault. This is why we can't have kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks a lot, marriage family. Thanks,
0: you guys. Uh, so... They also claimed...
1: Realistically, the only person there is to blame is the Paul dude and nobody else. He is the worst.
0: He should have went through with the suicide.
1: Yeah. Can't even do that right.
0: Fucking loser. Yeah. Uh, So Paul's parents also were claiming uh, defamation of character. Uh, Oh, yeah. They also named Carol's brother, uh, Dr. Antoine Joseph. So uh, his mom's brother... Um, was a shrink and like saw Paul. Oh, so
1: he should have been more.
0: So Paul's mom was suing her own brother. What? In this suit, uh, claiming.
1: Like you're. That
0: Antoine had treated Paul and knew that Paul was dangerous.
1: So it's like, you're a crappy psychiatrist or whatever.
0: Dude, this is like. (laughs) Dude,
1: it's just like who can sue who the fastest.
0: What's that show you like? Um... Dexter? No, no, no. Um.
1: Is it a TV show?
0: Yeah, with the R.
1: With an R. <laughs> run, Ronnie, run. <laughs> <laughs> what? What?
0: Like it's like the alcoholic dad and his like daughter. There's like a couple kids. Uh, you used to watch it all the time. What the fuck is it called? Shameless. Shameless.
1: That's not, is that Florida?
0: I think so. No, isn't it? it's
1: not because they, they're cold. Wait, why? Wait. That reminded you of Shameless?
0: Just how, like, stereotypically Floridian. Um, Floridian?
1: I guess. Yeah. Except for I don't think Shameless takes place in Florida.
0: Well, in my little world, it does.
1: Uh, south side of Chicago. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> I mean, it's a violent place, yes. I'll give it that.
0: So, Patrick Knight. Who was married um, to Paul's sister, who was pregnant? He was also shot in the stomach when he was trying to like help his wife, uh, and like he was like fucked for a long time. They like had to put him in a coma and all this stuff. Uh, he also tried to sue Paul's parents for failing to prevent his wife's death. Man, <laughs> but none of these lawsuits
1: were successful. Like went through. Yeah. Okay, I luckily.
0: Um. A few months after the arrest, Paul called his father uh, Collect from the Palm Beach County Jail, begging for forgiveness. Paul said he thinks about his family constantly and about heaven. He said, I don't know how I could have done what I've done to everybody, everybody I've hurt, uh, to which Paul's father told him, we have nothing. You have nothing. It's a total nightmare. Our lives are changed forever.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: so that is Paul marriage. He's still, you know, serving his seven life sentences. (laughs) Still.
1: He'll be doing it for seven more lifetimes.
0: He's not going anywhere.
1: For a couple hundred years. (laughs) Ugh. Well, I can't say that I have a lighter one. Well, it's a little less people dead. Um, But there's a couple of things I forgot to bring up at the beginning. Uh, One, is um one of my favorite podcasts of all times um, and I've recommended it to a lot of people um it's I think the most quality podcast I've ever listened to from start to finish um, and it's a, about a single case as opposed to like being episodic like this one um, is the cold podcast they had an update either yesterday or today uh, which the podcast ended like probably a year ago and it's um it's about, Susan Powell's disappearance and Josh Powell, her um, unfortunately husband uh, at the time, just like that whole mess of things. um, They did an update and the update was called Dumpster Drops. And so it made me happy because the word dumpster in it. And um, again, like we keep saying, like dumpsters, yeah, dumpsters play a huge um, role in um, criminal activity. I mean, people are always trying to get rid of their garbage. Whether it be legal or illegal, usually illegal.
0: <laughs> we use the dumpsters as well. Correct for ninety-nine percent legal dumping.
1: Yes. Um. Anyways, so uh, <laughs> it's a really, really great um podcast, and the the update is like chilling. So um, if you haven't listened to it yet, it's like I said, the the best podcast I've listened to start from start to finish because. you even if you think, you know, the Susan Powell disappearance case and or um, uh, the Josh Powell and his son's tragedy, I don't want to give too, too much away, especially if you don't know it. Um, It just keeps going like a lot, like a lot of other podcasts have done the Susan Powell disappearance, but this one just goes so far beyond what anybody. And it's crazy because Josh Powell like had so many he had uh, so many audio clips um, he kept like a virtual journal, you know, like auto, you know, I think it was just a voice memo on his phone or something. Maybe he had videos and stuff, but man, the access that the podcast dude from cold with what he was able to get is just, it's out of control. Good. And he, he interviews some like pretty impressive people on this latest update. So if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend it. It's the best podcast, um, single story podcast I've listened to. And I've listened to them all. I just fish, finished bad batch. And um, a bunch of others recently, the mysterious Mr. Epstein, um, a lot of wondery stuff, um, and this one just tops all of them. Anyways, uh, one other um, update as well, um, which my sister texted me about, which is um, Netflix. Uh, I think on the nineteenth or twentieth of this month, so just like last week, they uh, released the trailer for the new and uh, upcoming uh, documentary called "The Confession Killer." which is about Henry Lee Lucas, which many of you guys are probably familiar with. Him and Otis Toole went on a big gay murderous journey together and killed lots and lots of people. And I know you just brought up John Walsh and Otis Toole is uh, famously kind of purported to have been the killer of John Walsh's son, Mm -hmm. um, Adam Walsh. Uh, But that has not been a hundred percent proven, but that seems like the likeliest suspect. Um, technically, it's still an open case, I believe. Um, anyways, the confession killer is... Uh, I just, you know, watched a little bit and read a little bit on it. Um, Henry Lee Lucas was super duper into confessing to crimes. Uh, he confessed to over 600. Um, I believe he was only convicted for like 3 or 11 or something. There's some some number. It was not 600. Um, the the only ones that they could corroborate were like I think he was convicted on like three, um, and they they think that it's maybe up to eleven, but as as little as three, hmm. um, and so unfortunately, what a lot of um, cold case units or you know police units that are irresponsible. Uh, they will sometimes jump on that confession killer train and be like, yo, we can close out all these cold cases and not get bothered by them anymore. And so apparently they closed out just like a shit ton of cases that like Henry Lee Lucas very like loosely confessed to. And um, I think part of the documentary is exploring and reopening cases that clearly Henry Lee Lucas did not do. And they had been cleared. And so there are a lot of cold case units and police units across the country are reopening cases um, because they were super irresponsibly closing them because Henry Lee Lucas confessed to shit, you know. So, again, like it's similar to a lot of other things is that it kind of takes a documentary or somebody doing some digging to kind of get like, you know, get some bees up some butts of people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like,
0: bees up some butts.
1: You know, just to wake people up. That Um, would, yeah. So, um, that's my kind of true crime news update.
0: Very good. Thank you. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, So, let me tell you about Thanksgiving. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm thankful for news updates. All right. (laughs) Um, Janet, Dr. Janet Lortzen. A professor of criminology and criminal justice at the University of Missouri, St. Louis, says there are two types of crimes that go up during the holidays, robbery and personal larceny. Unfortunately, neither of those we'll be talking about today. We'll be talking about murder. Um, Retail crime increases by 30 percent and crimes spike on and off. So all year round, crime rates are much higher on Friday and Saturday at night and in the morning. So increase during the holidays might be simply due to more more idle time and more drinking and other drug use. So most people have a four-day weekend, so basically it just kind of extends that Friday to Saturday crime window, and it just makes it double the amount of crime. Um, Some people experience depression during the holidays because it can highlight feelings of loneliness or create pressure uh, to spend time with family. And for some people, that means spending time in high conflict situations says dr brian Kennard, a police officer turned professor and he says that holiday crimes are crimes of opportunity um with more people out buying stuff more cars on the road more cars parked more stuff in cars more purses out people stressed out and preoccupied there's just more opportunity for crime and violence um so yeah that's a little bit on thanksgiving right there It's nice uplifting. (laughs) Um, We haven't even got to Black Friday. Oh, gosh. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Four reasons that Thanksgiving is the loneliest holiday. I got this from Psychology Today because I was just trying to find, like, it does seem like a really depressing time. I was thinking about it. And, you know, there's definitely been some times when I have been, like, in college and uh, away from home and I really couldn't afford to not work on Thanksgiving or I couldn't afford to fly down to see my family. Um, cause it's such a, it's only four days, you know, and I working, you know, in retail or like at a restaurant, which Sizzler was open 365 days a year, you know, I like pretty much always worked Thanksgiving, you know? Um, and so there's this kind of um, expectation um, or we're kind of conditioned to believe that we have to be happy and together and with our families on Thanksgiving. But undoubtedly, people, not every single person can be at home with a loving family, sharing food amongst friends. And You know what I mean? It's just like this unreal expectation. So it tends to be this very uh, potentially lonely holiday. Um, so the four reasons that Kira Asaitrian, Wow. <laughs> I didn't practice that. I like what you um, did. As, as, asatrian. As, asa, that's, not, that's close enough. Asatrian. She's in space. <laughs> She's, um, number one, she says, if you're physically far from family, you'll likely stay that way. Um, meaning that if it's just not enough time because with Christmas being so close, you know, and having more time off during then, um, you're just not likely to come home for Thanksgiving. Number two, uh, Thanksgiving brings distance within families to the forefront. Because when you are able to be with your families, um, people have a tendency of feeling forced to be together who uh, might not want to be. um, Because people do change over time and people don't necessarily agree when they come back together as family. So she just said that sometimes even when you're close, you can be very distant feeling. Um, like I was saying, number three, the heightened expectations for closeness on Thanksgiving can backfire. Again, this like this intense stress on you have to get along with your racist uncle. You have to get along with your shithead cousin or whatever, you know, like that. There's this kind of forced togetherness and kind of fakeness to family gatherings. As
0: long as the game's on, bro. Yeah. Got some cold. Probably not. I'm I'm
1: sure there's been some uh, true crime stories around games on Thanksgiving Day as well. Um, And then number four, Thanksgiving aggravates any tension around quote-unquote traditional roles. Um, Because dudes want to sit on the couch and watch football, and women are, you know, expected to be in the kitchen to make all of the Thanksgiving dinner. And sometimes that can aggravate couples or... Um, Because, again, this this idea of if you're all coming together, shouldn't you all be cooking together, too? So number four does bring me to a very short anecdote, which is um, Jacqueline Blake on November 26th, 2014. I think it was 26th. Yeah. According to police, Blake's boyfriend said she had been drunk earlier in the day and attacked him after waking up from a nap. So apparently... From what I understand, there's not a ton of stuff on her, but she apparently made a lot of the Thanksgiving dinner. And then apparently, I don't know if she did so drunk or what, but she took a nap. And I guess while she was sleeping, uh, he started eating. And when she got up, she was pissed. (laughs) And she she stabbed. So this is what I, the official report is she stabbed him in the chest and then either she had a different knife or she took that knife out and then threw it at him. And it landed just below his left eye. So she stabbed him in the chest and then threw the knife at him. And then the knife, yeah. You, uh,
0: You're the turkey now, bitch.
1: Yeah, so moral of the story <laughs> is don't eat Thanksgiving dinner without your family.
0: Lock her up before or you eat.
1: Or dump that psycho before she has a knife. I don't know.
0: Give her more turkey so she just yeah. stays asleep longer.
1: <laughs> that's a really bad, that's kind of a misnomer. But, anyways.
0: Bond. James Bond.
1: All right, so my um, crime story for this week, um, in celebration of Happy Genocide Day, um, is the story of Joel Guy Jr., <laughs> which reminds me of James Bond Jr. Anyways, um, <laughs> Joel M. Guy. Senior, age 61, was an engineering designer, and Lisa M. Guy, well, they have the same middle initial, um, age 55, was a full-time mother turned accounts payable administrator. They were married for 31 years and true soulmates. They had a great sense of humor. Oh, and I got a lot of this information from, unfortunately, their obituary. Uh, mm. I wanted to get, like, some accurate information. It was hard to find too, too much information about them. But everything I found was just, like, they these were the two best people ever. Um, so they were married for 31 years and true soulmates. Um, they both had a great sense of humor, were loving and kind-hearted, and the most compassionate people. They were the loves of each other's lives. They enjoyed anything that involved being together, which included being in nature and on the water. By all accounts, they were great people, parents, and grandparents. Um, November 26, 2016 was to be their last Thanksgiving dinner at the West Knox County home that they had just sold. In two short weeks, they planned to move to Joel Sr.'s uh, late mother's mountain home 90 miles away in Sir <laughs> to practice that surgeonsville or sir i
0: like sir <laughs> we're going there next spring break
1: well no not if joel guy jr is there <laughs> <laughs> um the couple had three daughters and one fucked up son joel michael guy jr Da, da, da. <laughs> i know which he looks like the dramatic <laughs> chipmunk <laughs> he's like mmm. anyways um they all gathered for their last time um, at the kind of family home uh, before their uh, Christmas reunion that they were already planning and looking forward to as well. Joel Guy Jr. was a twenty-eight. I don't. I need to stop. He. It makes him sound cool, and he just he's the worst. Joel Guy Jr. was a twenty-eight-year-old loser who bounced <laughs> around from college to college, not finding success and probably not passing any of his classes. Which, god damn.
0: How do you bounce around from college to college?
1: Well, I've witnessed a few in my class. <laughs> I could see that. Just people, I think. I'm
0: not studious.
1: Just, like, people who, people who do that, probably, like, high school was somewhat easy for them. And they were able to just, like, dick around. You kind of can't dick around in college. Like, it's really, I mean... If you're in the huge lecture halls with, like, hundreds of people and you'll just have to take a midterm and a final, maybe you can dick around. But most classes I've been in, there's, like, 20 to 30 people in it. And it's just like, if you're, uh, anyways, so he's just a loser, okay? Okay. He had been living in um, Baton Rouge um, for the past 10 years. Is that how you say it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You nailed it.
1: Baton Rouge for the past decade and had driven up near uh he had driven up early for the long Thanksgiving day weekend um, something else to note because he was a professional loser who couldn't do college um he probably didn't have a job because his parents were paying for everything and had been forever
0: and he looked like a psychopath
1: I yeah well no he looked like a lost bewildered hamster <laughs> just google it, like and also like later in some mug shots like his face got fucked up it looked I thought it was like a computer glitch but then I saw like a video of him later and it's like the left side of his face got huge and either like he got a really really bad infection um, or someone fucked that dude up in I prison think that side
0: of his face just got real lazy
1: yeah <laughs> His mom was in pain for his face to be lifted anymore. It's
0: just a big blob.
1: Yeah, he does look. Oh, he you know, he looks like that guy from Toxic Avengers. Um, he just looks like a toxic Avenger. I'm going to go there.
0: Yeah, uh, a pink one. He
1: is a toxic Avenger. Um, so uh, this was their last hurrah. He drove up from Baton Rouge. Um, and his sisters did as well. And the sisters said he was, quote, fine at Thanksgiving, um, but that their parents were planning on telling Joel Guy Jr. that they were cutting him off financially. It's unclear if they had that chance because events from that weekend are somewhat unknown. I'll tell you what I was able to find um, when Lisa didn't come in for work. So the mom when Lisa didn't come in for work, her co-workers got worried and called the police to conduct a welfare check at their home. Knox County Sheriff's Office detective Jeremy McCord bent his nose uh, bent his nose toward a hole in the back door of the Golden View Lane home. It was a really odd chemical smell, McCord testified in court. You could feel that heat coming from the door. It alarmed me. There were signs of a struggle when he was in, when he got in, and the scene was so toxic and spread out that it took investigators in hazmat suits all of Monday and Tuesday to process the evidence. Someone, I'm assuming Joel Guy Jr., had turned thermostats um, in the home up to the maximum with temperatures registering up to like 93 degrees, I read. Several space heaters were also running. There was blood everywhere, all down the hallway and on the walls and floor. McCord saw scissors and clothing that appeared to have "'been cut from a body and a large knife. "'He saw bottles of peroxide, bleach, acid, and rubbing alcohol. "'He could smell,' he said, "'the stench of death mixed with those chemicals. "'As he turned toward the bathroom, "'that's when he saw the first body part. "'Human remains were scattered throughout the house. "'Joel Sr. and Lisa's dismembered body parts "'rested in homemade acidic solution "'concocted to erase evidence.' Knox County deputies found Lisa's head cooking, quote-unquote, on a pot in the kitchen, records state. Joel Guy Sr.'s hands were on the floor in an upstairs room. The couple's remains also were found in Tupperware containers, uh, which a lot of other places said plastic containers, probably because Tupperware sued them or something. Oh, um I don't know. Uh, But body parts were found in plastic containers in an upstairs bathroom, according to records. Sometime between Friday night and midday Saturday, Joel Jr. attacked his parents with a knife, possibly tortured them, and and then dismembered their bodies, leaving remains in various rooms of the home, according to Knox County Sheriff's Officer Michael K. McLean. This time was determined because groceries were found on the foyer floor. It appears Lisa Guy had purchased the groceries on Saturday afternoon, November 26. So they know that it was somewhat after um, that. By 335 that same day, evidence indicates Joel Guy Jr. went to a nearby Walmart and bought several items including isopropyl alcohol and hydrogen peroxide. Store surveillance video showed that he had a bandaged hand at the time. He stayed in the house with their remains until Sunday when he drove his car to Baton Rouge. While on the witness stand two years later, Guy testified he drove back to Baton Rouge to seek medical assistance for cuts to his hands the same day his parents' bodies were discovered after he saw crime scene tape at the house. "'I had severe cuts on my hands,' Guy testified without elaborating how he sustained the injuries.' Um, You can actually watch the interviews of him. He's, like, very soft-spoken, and he's just like, well, he's cuts on my hands, just don't know what happened to them. You know, like, and it's just, like, totally ignoring the fact that they're probably from when he was hacking his parents up. Anyways. On Tuesday night, Joel Guy Jr. was arrested outside his Baton Rouge apartment and charged with first-degree murder. Authorities think he worked alone. An arrest warrant says video shows guy at a Walmart in Knoxville buying items that were found in his parents' home. The warrant says the items, quote, were apparently used in the attempted destruction of the crime scene. I think that one of the reasons um, that this came out, which I think, believe I got this from like an article six days ago, is that after now, what, three years, almost exactly to the day, Um, they're still trying to figure out what's admissible and not admissible in court. And um, his attorneys are trying to keep a lot of things out of there, uh, some of which is his hard drive, his notebooks, his computers, um, and things to show premeditation. Because I'm pretty sure... Just from the way he looks, I think they're trying to pull the psycho card. And um, the fact that he bought a lot of the things that were used in the murder, like chemicals and stuff, the fact that he bought them weeks before he went to his parents' house and also brought them with him, not good.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's so crazy. Yeah. What a fucking psycho.
1: Um, It's in the one percentile of homicides in the U.S. that involve mutilation or dismemberment. It's not something we run across," McLean said. Usually, there's a motivation behind it, and in this case, we just don't know what that is. So, he did take the witness stand last December, 2018, and apparently, he just made no mention of um, his parents. And also, um, I think the the his attorney was able to suppress question, like cross examining questioning, because of like his mental state or something. It's kind of hard to find a lot of information because um, it's still an ongoing case. And it sounds like they're going to be picking it back up very soon. So when there's a verdict or a conviction or whatever... I mean, he's going to be convicted of these murders. But hopefully he doesn't get not guilty by reason of insanity. But we... Because he doesn't... He looks insane, but I don't think he is. Way too much premeditation (laughs) and trying to cover it up. So... um, it's just, it's just not going to happen. So we'll let you know when um, that court case is settled. Hopefully it's settled soon so the, so the family members can just kind of stop having to relive this shit yes, every year. move on. Yeah, move on. Um, I got a lot of the information from Washington Post article by Katie Mettler um, and also John North of Channel 10 News um, and a bunch of other stuff as well. I watched some newscast things on YouTube. Um, But I thought that was kind of a funny picture of him like, you can't be you kidding me. Right. He just looks fat slob. He's just gross. I can't. I just imagine him. I can't. Anyways. So that's the story of um, Joel Guy Jr. Joel Guy Jr. The worst son on earth. Well, next to that guy that you did.
0: Mm -mm. Yeah. Paul marriage.
1: They're just not thankful for anything. This is why it's the worst holiday. But you have some more stories for us, right?
0: So, I've got some other turkey day murders. When was this? Uh, Thanksgiving 2018. 29-year-old Kelsey Barreth disappeared from a grocery store in Woodland Park, Colorado. Her fiancé, Patrick Frazzi was accused of killing her with a baseball bat and burning her body, which had never been found. Uh, just days ago, he was convicted of first-degree murder uh, and sentenced to life in prison. Uh, that happened on November 18th of this year, so just a few days ago. Wow. Yeah. Um,
1: but I thought you said, oh, wait, the conviction just happened. But yeah. the But the crime was uh, just over a year ago. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, we'll be jumping around a bit here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving 2009, um, Ayalis, how would you say Ayalis. that? Ayalis. Ayalis Clay Oliver.
1: I mean, that's how I would say it.
0: You're probably right. You're good at that stuff. <laughs> uh,
1: pronouncing things?
0: Uh, Ayalis Clay Oliver allegedly killed his son Keith Oliver for not helping out around the house on Thanksgiving. Wow. Uh oh yeah. You heard about that one?
1: No, just the next one I I know.
0: Yep, Thanksgiving 2012, Byron David Smith waited in his basement for two teens that he heard breaking into his house. Uh and he waited in the basement for them to walk down the stairs and then he shot both of them, killing him.
1: Yeah, and it's unfortunate all around. They apparently these two kids had been breaking into his house and stealing his things from time to time. And so, it, weirdly enough, he actually recorded the whole thing on audio um, He was as he was waiting for them because he wanted to be able to use it as evidence to show that he was innocent. Um, and he even gave the audio recording to police being like, you can totally hear that I'm warranted in killing them. And they're like, Bro, this just shows premeditation and planning. (laughs) You fucking psycho. So, I mean,
0: dope.
1: Yeah, I don't think I think he would got like manslaughter charges. I don't think he got like attempt uh, first degree murder because they they were breaking into his house, and so there's some weird statutes around like you know castle doctrine or you know stand your ground stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, and I think he kind of knew his laws and stuff, but. Um, if you want to hear more detailed story on that, um, true crime all the time actually has, I think there's Thanksgiving stories from last year. Um, if you look up Byron David Smith, probably in your podcast directory, you could probably find them. They do a really, really good job of it. And, um, I think there's been at least one other podcast that's covered it. Um, and both podcasts have the audio. It's real. The audio recording is really easy to find. It's very eerie and very creepy. He, um. Basically, you, he's like, "Gotcha, bitch." Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very it's, creepy. Yeah, it's pretty. And like you, like he, when he, when he shoots the girl at first, he doesn't kill her, and she's like, you can hear her, she's like, dying, and this is like a young girl, and so he shoot, he's like, "Oh, sorry." And he, like, shoots yeah. her again.
0: He does say sorry, huh? Yeah,
1: he, like, apologizes. Like, sorry, didn't get you the first time, you know? It just kind of shows his disconnect from reality. It's, Anyways. It's very strange. It's very strange. Sorry, to, I didn't mean mm-hmm. to co-opt your...
0: No, no. Jump but, right you know, on. in
1: the spirit of Thanksgiving and taking things that don't belong to you and saying it's yours, that I feel like that's in the spirit of Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: okay. Um... So Thanksgiving Day 2017, Christopher Gaddis, Mm. former church youth pastor in Richmond, Virginia, shot to death his wife, Jeanette Gaddis, 58, Uh, his stepdaughter, Candace Coons, uh, 30, and her boyfriend, Andrew Butthorn, 36.
1: Which I think true crime all the time did yeah, him a couple weeks ago, yeah. too, or last week.
0: Uh, he uh, shot them while they were playing a board game in the kitchen. Um, Christopher Gaddis had been demanding that Candace and Andrew leave his house multiple times, but they never did. Uh, so he emptied his gun on them. He later told police uh, that the victims all ganged up on him. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day 2018, Jason Aaron Gibson allegedly broke into a home in Las Cruces, New Mexico, beating the homeowner and kidnapping a woman from the home. Authorities claim he then forced her to drive him to northeast uh, El Paso, Texas, where he broke into another home and shot three people, killing Jonathan and Juan Salas. Uh, Lorenza Salas was shot in the eye, but she survived. And a trial date is set currently for August 31st, 2021.
1: Dang. that's a, Man, justice works slowly in this country.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, in Canada, um, I don't know if the, this might be looking, this might be something that they're looking to change. But the time spent waiting for your trial counts as double time for your sentence. So if no. it takes a year for your trial to be heard or tried, you know, it'll count two years towards your sentence. So you get double time, double time served, uh, while you're waiting for your. Isn't that crazy?
0: Well, they could be making so much more money if they did it like us.
1: (sighs) Making money for who?
0: Thanksgiving.
1: (laughs) For all those them turkeys, turduckins.
0: I'm so glad I'm not making turduckins
1: right now. Yep. Wait, did you make turduckins at your last job?
0: I was privy to it.
1: What does that mean? Did you make... That? That is a, that's a direct question. Sir, answer the question. Have you made a turducken before?
0: Read my lips.
1: <laughs> I can't see anything.
0: Um, I've made a turducken before, yes. On purpose? I was forced.
1: <laughs> By a <at> gunpoint?
0: <laughs> I don't think... I never saw a gun. But the person called my boss said, you Do this.
1: Or else... I'll murder the butcher. Or else
0: I would have ruined Thanksgiving
1: Oh, for
0: whoever's turducken it was.
1: Yeah. Well, you're not a butcher this year for Thanksgiving, so you're welcome, turkeys.
0: Yeah. You've escaped my wrath this year, (laughs) you boxes of turkeys.
1: All right. Well, that wraps it up for this genocide. For,
0: that wraps Familias, it up for this turkey. familicide
1: patricide episode of Debbie Tree Downer dumpster. We're just why can't here, we just have a good time? We're to spread the negative cheer. You are. I know you were. Well, you have peanut butter whiskey. That's that's why you're spreading different kinds of cheer.
0: If you haven't had that, it's called screwball.
1: Screwballs with a Z.
0: Peanut whiskey, whiskey
1: which the, maybe you should sponsor the show. It's good. It's so good that Kevin's peanut drunk. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Drunk on peanut allergies.
1: (laughs) So um, make sure to follow us on Instagram, True Crime Dumpster, all one word. Uh, We're on Twitter. We still are learning to tweet. That's TC Dumpster. You can follow us there. We also have a Facebook group, the True Crime Dumpster podcast Facebook group. I don't know. Just put in True Crime Dumpster, and we're pre- there's no other True Crime Dumpster.
0: There better not be. We'll-
1: yeah, because we already we literally we'll go there. <laughs> we will.
0: We'll bring our own dumpster and throw them in it.
1: <laughs> throw the dumpster in the dumpster. We're gonna need a bigger dumpster.
0: Uh, we might be skipping a week because I am gonna be in Europe playing some heavy metal. Shows. Some
1: garbage. Well, bring us back some true crime stories from the road.
0: I'll do my best.
1: And then we'll be back after he's back, um, with a little treat and then some Christmas cheer. You can bet it's gonna be a good positive episode about So
0: you're down on Thanksgiving, no, but I'm you're just good getting, on I, Christmas?
1: Sarcasm, sweetheart. Oh, okay. No, Thanksgiving's a Thanksgiving and Christmas are just really, really stressful times of the year. And I want to acknowledge that because I feel like a lot of people are conditioned to be like, I'm happy. I'm wearing a smile on my face. I love spending a lot of money and putting up shit that sucks, you know? Well,
0: that's how you're supposed to
1: be. Well, I've never been that way. My, I, well, get with my parents program. My parents luckily didn't make it a big thing. Well, partially because my mom's Buddhist and doesn't care about Christian. Well, don't worry.
0: Days. I'll stress you out.
1: <laughs> We've never really been that stressed during the holidays. I like that. Just be with the people you love and don't kill each other. So um, that's what we want to say this Thanksgiving holiday. Yep. Don't drink until you murder your families and have a wonderful <laughs> day.
0: Drink as much as you want, just don't murder your families. How about that?
1: All right, signing off. Over and out. Bye. Bye. Bye.